Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on-deck circle, Robert Buck D. Gibson. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Hey, yo. What it is, Duke City. Happy Friday, y'all. Hope you have the best weekend ever. We about to have the best afternoon ever. Yes, sir. You are listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, The Sports Animal. We are live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. We're powered by New Mexico Pinion Coffee. We play on Team I-9, and we start our days at the YMCA. Speaking of New Mexico Pinion Coffee... They're the title sponsor of the Locker 505 golf tournament tomorrow that we're playing in. Big shout out to Mexico Pinon for what they do in the community. We love them so much. I start every day with some New Mexico Pinon coffee. I'm an absolute junkie for the dark roast. I like the dark. I know you're not a, a coffee guy, Rob. You never have been. No. But if you were, I would highly suggest New Mexico Pinon to you. You know what I want to do? Since... I'm not a golf person either, and I'm going to do that tomorrow. Okay. I'm going to I'm gonna try the coffee tomorrow as well. Oh, it's so good. Let's, I'll do that. Okay. You've never golfed before? Never. And you're going into a tournament. Yes. <laughs> Luckily, Vital. Start, we're going to start at the bottom and probably stay there. On the other side <laughs> of the glass, super producer Mike Vital. Lucky for us, it's a scramble. You know the scramble rules, right, Vital? No, tell me, please. So a scramble, we all take a shot. Whoever hits the best shot, we choose that one, and then we hit a shot from there. Oh. Everyone takes a shot. Everyone hits a ball. We get to choose the well, best. That's not bad. Yeah, get the best ball. I don't know if we're going to use any of Robert's shots. Never. All day tomorrow. I mean, you've done some putt-putt dates, right? Yeah. Okay, we might use some of Robert's putts. I, I can do that, but anything up to that, oh, it's bad. Yeah. It's going to be bad. So it's going to be super easy for you to putt tomorrow <laughs> because there's no rivers, there's no lakes, there's 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 no bumper there's pool no obstacle wind. course. I thought you were going to say waterfalls. You were going down there. Yeah, no, no waterfalls. No Don't wipe, go chasing them. No wipeout scenarios. Yeah. Nope, no wipeout. Nice, nice green. Big open greens. No obstacles. And a lot of wind. Uh, let's hopefully it's a little chill compared to t- – I mean, there's going to be no wind compared to today. Oh, Yeah. See, the wind out here, what makes it bad is the dust and the dirt that comes with it. Sure. And with my hair, I'm walking around looking like a dirty Q-tip if I stay outside for two minutes. <laughs> I'm not with it. I'm not with it at all. Yeah, it killed my part. <laughs> you think, did you get a haircut, man? You doing something different with your hair? No, I am windblown. Yeah, it just pushed it to the other side. I'm like a schizophrenic guy from the street. So I don't. I think it's a, a sellout at Sandia tomorrow for Locker Five Hundred Five. So if you're already signed up, congratulations! You're supporting a great cause. You will see me and Robert there. Luckily, it's me and two other experienced golfers, <laughs> so we still got a chance at taking home this trophy. But I tell you what, we will take home the trophy in is having fun. Yes, there we go. We're gonna turn it up to eleven tomorrow. Have a great time for a great cause. And if you missed out, Albuquerque, I am very sorry for you. There might be one team open. 
If you want to sneak wow. in, if you want to sneak in at the last minute, let me let me text our friend Kim from Locker Five Hundred Five and see if like maybe. Maybe there's one more team we could slide in. That's great for all the slots to be almost gone. That's awesome. And that's I mean, awesome. It's the inaugural. Yeah. yeah. As some people say who don't know English very well, the first annual. Mm-hmm. How many teams did you expect? I don't know what the max is. It's a shotgun start. I think two teams per hole. I think 36 teams. So I, I feel like that. But I don't know for sure. If you're itching the golf tomorrow, one thirty shotgun start. We'll see if there's one team open. 505-294-1647. Reach out to Locker 505. If you have any donations of gently used or new clothes for basically any size, make sure you donate them to Locker 505. Also on our team tomorrow is friend of the show, friend in real life, vice president of operations at CBRE, Billy Eagle. Also on the board of the 2030 Club. They're just madly in love with Locker 505. And another member of our team tomorrow is KOB TV's very own Brandon Ortega. They're both very good golfers. Brandon's bringing a big old donation of some really nice church clothes. There we go. So I'm really excited for that, too. So Locker 505, make sure you touch base with them. If you have any new or gently used clothes you'd like to donate, please let it go their way. Rob, I think I got a glitch in the Matrix today. Uh-oh. What'd you see? What'd, Every, what'd everyone you see? knows the movie The Matrix and, you know, the one the one time when they're going yeah. around the corner and they saw two different cats and, mm-hmm. you know, they noticed it was a gl- glitch in the Matrix and something was up. I had one of those moments today. Because I couldn't find my black and red goofy socks to wear to Locker 505 tournament tomorrow. So I braved the teenagers and octogenarians at the mall. And I thought, maybe Kohl's will have some goofy, like, black and red socks I could find. So I go to Kohl's first. And as I pull into the mall parking lot, I pull in to the Kohl's parking lot, and there's, like, 12 or 13 cars with one space in the middle. And I was like, okay, cool. There's, there's an open spot. I'm going to pull in there. I notice as I'm driving down this, this row, every single car is white. <laughs> There's like 12 or – I didn't count them, but there's 12 or 13 cars in a row, and they're all white. And I was just freaking out. Yeah. I was like, this is a glitch in the Matrix. Like something bad's about to yeah, happen. all in the like line? Something, yeah, they're all – no, all in the same row, all wow. in the line, and one little parking spot right in the middle of them for my, my little gray Prius. So as soon as I pull in, like I felt bad. I was like, I'm breaking the chain. Like I'm breaking the chain of white cars. Like is some bad luck going to befall me? Because I'm ruining this awesome photo moment mm-hmm. here for all these white cars <laughs> in a row. And then, like, after, I, after the guilt left my body, I was like, yo, this is a glitch in the Matrix. Like, this isn't supposed to happen. You know what? I was, when you were telling me this story, I remembered, I don't know why, I remember some of the most useless information ever. Sure. But I knew the most popular car color was white. Yeah, naturally. But yeah. not this year. Oh, so now I'm like, you, you might be on to something. I, I looked it up. Gray and silver is the number one okay. when it comes to car color, most popular. And white is number two now. So you may I was going to say, OK, that's just by chance, whatever. But that's not even the most popular car color anymore. So I'm with you. This was a glitch in the Matrix. So, I mean, you pull up to a stoplight, three or four cars in front of you, the same color. Sure. 
happens all the time. Yeah. No big deal. You don't even notice. That's a large number. I'm talking a dozen or more cars in the row, all the same color, all parked in the same row, same parking lot, same store. It was freaking me out. Like, I had to pop my earbuds in, like, put on some, like, <laughs> calming music. Like, I had to listen to some some comfortable, chill music because I was freaking out a little bit. I was like, what's about to happen? Yeah. So you're like me. I'm I'm the type that will notice something quirky and weird like that, too. So, so far, nothing bad has happened. It's going to be a great show today. We've yeah, got some yeah, great yeah. segments. We're going to be talking NBA here at 430. We're going to talk an NFL at 5. Next segment, we got Voice of the Isotopes Josh Shushan to join us to, to talk about the Topes and talk about the world of sports with us. 445, we got a super interesting story, and I really recommend you hang on. Uh, my friend, your friend, Cactus Eddie, a local indigenous artist, was befell some tragedy when he was a year and a half old, and I want you to hear about it. It's a compelling story. We're going to hear that at the 445 segment. New Mexico United's David Carl will be joining us at 5.15, talking about United coming back home. They're going to be at the lab on Saturday. And we're giving away some tickets, boys. Yeah, I love to give away stuff. 505-246-0610. 5.15, we're going to be giving away some tickets for New Mexico United this Saturday. And 5.30, we got rookie on the Duke City Gladiators, Vinny Gregory. Really excited for that. Can't wait to hear what he's up to and what the Gladiators are up to in the 5.30 segment. The wind is too much today. <laughs> See, I usually don't mind it. Like, in the winter? Yeah. And, like, my little skinny ginger ass, like, gets that piercing wind. Yeah, yeah. On my soft, delicate, weak, super Kevin Durant soft skin. Straight to the bone. Yes. Yeah. That bothers me. Mm-hmm. But in the spring and summer, I really don't care until it starts gusting like 30, 40 miles an hour. Yeah. It, you never know how much. Now, this isn't an indictment on Albuquerque, but the wind will find every piece of trash that is not in the trash can and just whip it up. That's what I don't like. Yeah. Oh, here, the, l- listen to this. Can, can you hear that? What's that? I'm just grinding my teeth. There's <laughs> dirt. There's like dirt and sand oh, you got in that. my teeth from walking in and out of my car all day. Oh, man. This is a lot. I feel sorry for people wearing lip gloss and all that stuff because you're going to have the gritty lips. The <laughs> <laughs> sandpaper lips? Yep. <laughs> Wipe your mouth before you kiss your wife today. Great show today. We'll be back with Albuquerque Isotopes' Josh Sushan. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Program in question is, of course, Two Men On. It is a Fredless Friday here at the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. Fred Slow is the voice of New Mexico Highland Athletics, and he's up there calling some baseball and some softball. Lucky for me, I got the best in the biz, Robert Buck D. Gibson, sitting across from me, and on the other side of the glass, super producer Mike Vital. And joining us, speaking of voices, voice of the isotopes, Josh Sushan. How you doing, my man? I'm doing well. I feel like Fredless Friday should be a hashtag. <laughs> We should. Yes, that has yeah. to happen. Fredless Friday. I'm writing that down right now. Let's see how long it takes to catch on. 
How's the weather? It, well, it's not too hot, but it's super windy again. It's know? windy there, too? Uh, it's everywhere. so windy. I feel like every day that's all that I talk about, whether we're in Oklahoma City or in Albuquerque or in Round Rock, it's all I talk about is how windy it is and how annoying it is. We got a couple more weeks of the wind here in Albuquerque than we got, like, four straight months of beautiful weather. Like, it's almost over, Albuquerque. I promise you. This and happens we'll just every year. complain about how hot it is. Yes, yep. then we complain about how hot yep. it is. And then in a couple months, oh, my God, it won't stop raining, and it only rains <laughs> for three days. Right. <laughs> all right. What do we got to do to play all season at home, Josh? Because the boys. <laughs> I was hoping you could tell me, uh, you could tell me that, how to do that. <laughs> okay, on a hashtag Fredless Friday, I need to hashtag figure out how to play all the games at home. <laughs> the boys are 1-9 on the road this year. Uh, three straight L's on the road, four straight L's. Hey, look, what do the boys got to do to turn it around, Josh? Well, first of all, they need a hit, right? I mean, in this series, they've played three games, and they have four runs, and they have 13 hits. So they, they need a hit. Now, the two teams that they've played road games against are Oklahoma City and Round Rock, and those two teams have the best two records in the Pacific Coast League. Right. So what we don't know is – are those the two best teams and they just happen to run into them back-to-back to begin the season? Or are those two teams the best in the PCL because they've run into the isotopes to begin the season, right? So those are things we won't find out for like an, another month or two or whatever. Um, to be fair, they have run into a lot of really good pitching. Oklahoma City's roster was loaded with prospects and a bunch of guys who've been in the major leagues who probably should or could be in the big leagues. And Round Rock so far in this series, same thing. They've, they've got a lot of really high-end prospects. Um, and they've and they've totally shut the, the Topes down. And we kind of talked about this yesterday. Whenever the Isotopes or the Rockies go out of altitude and they go to sea level, the pitches just move differently than, than they do right. at, at altitude. And so it's always an adjustment. Um, but for the sake of themselves and their careers and the Rockies organization, they need to figure it out. So, Josh, I'm, I'm looking here, and we're a week into the new pace of play rules. I'm showing here the Isotopes games are actually 46 minutes faster. Two things. Have you physically felt this change? Have you felt that these games are going faster? And what does this do for the fans that come out to the games? Absolutely have felt this. There's no question about it. The breakdown is before they started enforcing the pace of play, the pitch clock, it was 3 hours and 11 minutes. In the six games since then, we are averaging two hours and 25 minutes. That is a staggering total. Now, across all of minor league baseball, games are 23 minutes faster, and so we're playing games twice as fast as everybody else is. So those numbers are probably going to even out a little bit more, right? But I can say this. When I come back from a commercial break in the past, I'd say the score, I'd say the ballpark, I'd say the wind, I'd say the sky, and the next homestand coming up and here's a live read for this business sponsor and five ten seconds later then i'll finally get around to the first pitch now i come back from a 90 second commercial break and within five seconds the pitch is being delivered and batters do not step out of the box if they do they're going to get a strike called against them pitchers are working way faster and it all starts with the batter not leaving the box so i have noticed it i like it and in terms of what the fans are going to get to me it's just a better feel. It's a better rhythm. You're still getting the exact same amount of baseball. It's still nine innings. It's still three outs. Everything's the same. What you're not getting is batters stepping out of the box and readjusting their batting gloves. You're not getting pitchers pacing around the mound, taking deep breaths, getting ready for the next pitch. 
So if you're coming out to a game and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, you know, my kid can only last about two and a half hours, and so I have to leave in the sixth or seventh inning. Or, yeah, you know, I got work tomorrow. I, you know, the kid's got school tomorrow. Or I really wanted to watch the fireworks show, but the game lasted three hours and 15 minutes, and, mm-hmm. and I, it's just a long time to be at the ballpark, so we had to leave early. What I can tell you now is if this continues, and it seems like it's going to continue, then that means that you're going to be in and out in two and a half hours. And I, I think that's good for the sport. Okay, low altitude, reason number one. Uh, on the road, they're getting quick pitched, reason number two. Are you into that? Well, they got <laughs> quick pitched, in theory, on Sunday, and the, they still scored 11 runs, ah. right? I, I mean, Sunday's game was, was actually the, the perfect example of how the pitch <clears throat> clock works, right? The game was 12-11. to 11. There was 27 hits. One team had a nine-run inning. The Isotopes had a six-run inning. The game was still done in two hours and 49 minutes. You had just as much exciting baseball. It was dramatic. It was back and forth. There was these huge momentum swings to both teams. Again, there was 23 runs and 27 hits Sunday, and the game was still done in two hours and 49 minutes. So impressive. Maybe the, so, maybe the Magnet schedules being in the crowd had something to do with the ball flying out. I mean, the, I mean, <laughs> the bottom line is offense is not being affected, right? Mm-hmm. Now, offense is a tiny bit down across the board, um, but it's mostly the exact same. So I know some people think, oh, you know, the pitchers have an advantage because they're quick pitching. But if here, here's the thing. Whoever is struggling is at a bigger disadvantage because as a batter, you take two swings and misses and you're all messed up in the head. And in the past, you would step out and you'd go through this routine. You'd readjust the batting gloves. You'd kick around some dirt. You'd adjust yourself, take some more deep breaths. You step back in. You can't do that anymore as a batter. So that means the pitcher is at an advantage. On the other hand, the pitcher throws three straight out of the strike zone. Normally, he'd walk around, you know, yep. he'd retie mm-hmm. his shoes, he'd go to the rosin bag, trying to slow the momentum down. He can't do that anymore, or it's ball four. So I don't think the pitchers or the hitters have an advantage. I think that the momentum swings become more, more prominent, and I think that makes for a really fun product. Josh, I love talking to you about not just baseball, but all sports. And I know you're a, uh, a, a Laker uh, enthusiast as well. Laker? Well, I, I, I want to ask you a question. I want to ask you a I question. I'm not a this. Laker enthusiast, you, my friend. You, you're not the Laker fan? You're not uh, a Laker fan at all? When I grew up in the Bay Area, the, my mom and dad did not teach me. Mama, <laughs> dad, they taught me, beat L.A. Those are the first words they tried to teach me coming out of my mouth is beat L.A. So this is going to be even better because, since, you're, since you grew up, beat L.A. So have you watched the Winning Time documentary at all? I have not watched it. I have not watched it on purpose. Oh, you're, you're that much of a beat L.A. person. No, no. It's because the, it's, the portrayals are awful. Did you <laughs> read what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar wrote? That's what I was, go- that's what I was getting at because yes. you have people like me and, and Van who love it. Then we have Fred, and now you, there's like, this is not the business. And I was going to ask you, is it because of the way that the real people that are portrayed do not like it at all? Yes, absolutely. I don't want to watch it. I know what Jerry West is like. And from what I've read, the portrayal of him is character assassination. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awful. It's, it's I mean, not Kareem charming. Abdul-Jabbar yeah. went to town on them. Right. And, like, by the way, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar might be a better writer than a basketball player, and he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. He's got a sub stack, and what he wrote the other day was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Just a teardown of what the, the writers and the producers uh, did to, to Jerry West and many other people. Just one-layer characterizations of people. Um, it's sloppy, sloppy filmmaking. Voice of the Isotopes, Josh Sushan joins us. Make sure you check out 
his pregame show at 545 when two men on wraps, and there's a 605 first pitch. Josh, literally yesterday we were talking about the brawl and the college game, and then little did we know less than 24 hours later there'd be an even bigger, crazier fight in between the Mets and Red Sox double-A teams. What is going <laughs> on? What are they putting in the water? I'll be honest, I did not see the fight. Oh, you didn't see that one? Oh, it, no, it is a big, full-on brawl really? with, like, not just hold me back fighting, like throw to the ground, oh, yeah. kick, spiked. And the first guy, the pitcher, knows how to throw hands, and so does the <laughs> batter. Like, it, it wasn't like a little, like, oh, I'm going to throw one and walk away. Like, they went at it. Like, this kid was gold gloves before he got drafted into Major League Baseball. The main thing that I can say, you guys, is that we are now in year two of a schedule throughout all of minor league baseball where you play a six-game series against a team. Yeah. Right? One day off on Monday, you play Tuesday through Sunday. In the past, it was a four-game series. In the major leagues, it's usually a three-game series. So that means if there's bad blood, if there's bad blood early in a series, it is going to keep going. And that was actually my number one concern when I saw this schedule, hmm. is that if you play a team a bunch and you start getting into a beanball war or people are pimping home runs and pitchers are taking offense to it and they start throwing at each other, you're going to keep playing each other over and over and over again, and that's where the, the bad blood can continue to kind of spill over. Whereas if it's a three- or four-game series, and by the time you guys are mad at each other, you know, the series is over and it's on to the next town, right? So that that's... Again, that's the biggest concern in my mind about a six-game series is stuff like this happening. Yeah, I, I love the passion. I love protecting your teammates. I get it. Like, number one to me, don't throw at a guy's head. But if you want to retaliate, go crazy. Plunk him in the lower back. Plunk him in the butt. All's fair on the baseball field. But the, to get the youth back into the game, like being more exciting, guys having more fun on the field, all the bat flips, like I'm really into this. Are they doing damage to the sport by damaging the thought of, like, having fun, going out there and entertaining the crowd? They're not damaging the sport. They're making it more fun. Yes, that's yes, awesome. this is the entertainment business. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. This, this idea that, oh, I hate it when people say, like, oh, old school. You know, yep. oh, that's not mm -hmm. the way. You know, Babe Ruth blew kisses to the crowd. Boom. You ever watch video? He's doffing his hat. He pointed to center yep. field, one of the most famous home runs in World Series history. He called a shot. He's pointing to the other team. The other team was laughing at him as he was down two strikes. Babe Ruth, like, th this whole, like, oh, it's old school. Do not do that. No, Babe Ruth was a showman. He blew kisses to the crowd. Get over yourselves, people. This is entertainment. If you don't like it, play better. See, that's my yeah. thing right there. Yes. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess you shouldn't have hung that slider when you had two strikes in the count. Maybe you should have wasted a pitch up in the zone <laughs> instead of hanging that slider, and then he hit it 427 feet. Maybe that's the secret to this whole thing. Yeah, I mean, again, I don't understand. Well, I mean, I, I get it. I understand why people are sensitive, but it's just – Take care of yourself, you know? Just, again, I think it's fun when people show emotion. Life is more fun when people are smiling and high-fiving and pointing and gesturing. And Now, I, the one thing that I will say is that if you hit a home run and you point to your own dugout and you're saying, let's go, and yeah. then you're putting a word in the middle of that, and you're pointing to the crowd, you're bringing people in, yeah, right? Sure. You're, you're making things more inclusive. Now, if you, like, physically point at the other dugout, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. then, <laughs> like, yep, like yep. you do you, okay? Um, I love the expression, 
this game will humble him one day. That day is not today. Josh, we're up against it, but real quick, what is Isotopes fan going to hear on the pregame show? What's Isotopes fan going to hear during your game tonight? J.D. Hammer is the guest. Uh, good dude. Wears goggles. Looks like Ricky Vaughn from Major League. Nice. He, um, his family owns a pizza business. We actually spent a lot of time talking about pizza and what makes a really good pizza and whether or not his family uses green chili on pizza. And uh, we talked baseball, and we talked life. He, uh, he's a good dude, and uh, it was a really fun interview that I just conducted, and we'll play that as part of Isotopes on Deck. Really stoked. I will be listening for sure tonight. And Monday we have Forrest Stolting to talk promotions for the upcoming week, and we'll yes. talk to you again this coming Tuesday, my man. Have a great weekend. Awesome. You guys, too. Have a wonderful weekend. We're talking NBA playoffs when we get back. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Channel. 4.59 remaining. Morant around a Clark screen. Into the lane. Kicks left sideline. Bain. Three on the way. Put three on the board. 4.52 remaining. A five-point Grizzly lead. 93.88. I'm disrespectful just like they disrespectful. That's why you see I threw that ball in the air. I asked for the ball. Um, I know what we're capable of. And like I said, like this morning, you know, that was our goal, come in and, you know, win games on the road and have their fans go home mad. Probably be a lot of people, you know, drinking tonight. <laughs> with that That's the quote of the playoffs so far. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies look like Cinderella struck midnight. Memphis down. 26 yes. in the second Not quarter. once, but twice, twice they were twice. down. Twice, twice. Yep. Down 26 in the second quarter. Down 25 in the third quarter. Come back to win. Never happened before. Two 25-point deficits erased in a playoff game. And I love the swagger from Ja Morant. This is what, this, this is what the league needs. This is what, I mean, give me all... Kyrie flipping off the crowd. Yes. See, I was just. John Morant say. talking smack to the other team's fans. Yes. Yeah. Give me all this you got. I mean, this is the exact opposite of what we're just talking about with Josh Shushan. Yeah. Like the reason people get turned off to baseball is you can't have any fun and all the old fogies are yeah. like, well, this isn't baseball. This isn't part of the game anymore. I can't believe these <clears throat> kids are doing this. They're having fun. They're out there playing a sport, they're playing a kid's game professionally. Like, let them have fun. Let them entertain you. Yes. And this is wildly entertaining. And this is what you're going to get because we're having a changing of the guard in the NBA. Yep. It's, we're going younger. We're, we're going more attitude, more internet, more social media, and I love it. This is what I was kind of hinting at when we were talking about Kyrie. The difference is Kyrie has his baggage, yeah. and they lost. You have John Moran. He's going to talk his talk. I love it. He's on Twitter saying, we in Minnesota now. Like, he does not care, and I love it. And this is what the fans want to see. Okay, yes, we can see acrobatic shots and, and great dunks and all that, but to keep and get new fans, this is what we need. Stuff like this. You're exactly right. This is what you need. It's like a soap opera. You need the off-the-court stories to pull people in. Yes, Yep. And the swagger and people actually having fun and people talking smack. And, and the, thing, the difference is, is not taking it personally. There we go. Like yeah. in baseball, somebody hits a bomb off you and does a bat flip, and then you throw at their head the next at bat. That's soft. That's weak. And on top of that, you can end someone's career. 
in somebody's life. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, nah, I'm, I'm not with that at all. But I love the way how the NBA is doing it. And they're leaning into it. Yes. Yes, they are. Because John Morant is everywhere. And the I love it. National Basketball Association has been highlighting their players' personalities yeah. for 20 years now. That's how they're able to jump ahead of MLB in popularity. That's how they're growing the sport in other countries because people are fun. People are recognizable. I have a question for you, though. It made, it made me think a little, little deeper. So we remember when the individualism in NBA was shunned upon. Sure. Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. You know, he had the cornrows. The he, example. You know, he wore the throwback jerseys. Everybody used to. Then they changed it. You had to come in the suits. You have to be dressed up. Do you think this is changing now because the NBA sees it's a changing of the guard, and they're looking for the next superstar or stars to be the head person to bring the NBA into the new generation? Yeah. I mean, Do you think got- that's what it is? They're loosened, they've loosened all this up to say, hey, if we don't change how we look at this, we're going to fall behind. It's, it's been on purpose to highlight the personalities of the players because it's not like football where you're wearing a helmet. Right. Like, not everyone knows what Debo Samuel looks like. They can read all these articles in the news right now. They probably know his number. Yeah. They know his jersey number, but they might not be able to pick him out of a lineup. It happened Cause, to cause, us. Super Bowl weekend. Sure. Super Bowl week. Yeah. Media week. We were yeah. like, I think that's Debo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly that. Yeah. And then baseball, they don't have, like, the face of the game. And they could. They could. Yeah. They I mean, have so many. Tatis Jr. coming yeah. up. Acuna Jr. coming up. Juan Soto. These guys are so fun to Vlad watch. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Vlad Guerrero Jr. Oh, yeah. Otani. Otani. Yeah. Like, these guys are so fun to watch. And they all have really cool personalities. But people don't know what they look like because they're not marketed well enough. Right. NBA does not have that oh, problem. Oh no! You're gonna see. You're gonna see. You're gonna hear from everyone. They they give them the freedom to do what they do on social media. I think that's the biggest part that the NBA separates themselves from. Being recognizable and being a dynamic personality. And granted, not everybody's like that. You know, not there's there's only so many Tim Duncans. You know what I mean? (laughs) Tim Duncan doesn't want any of the smoke. Nope. He just wanted to do his job, win championships, and go home. And And, and that's okay, though. That that, is. And that is perfectly okay. Because it's – The individualism. It also shows you this as well, Mike, that all players aren't the same. A lot of people think everyone is brash and in your face, and, you know, it's it's not like that at all. And you see that in baseball. I think, number one, baseball does a poor job of marketing their players, especially their young talent. Like these superstars, you know they're going to be superstars for a decade. Those are the names and faces that should be out there front and center. But like I think the Tim Duncan of baseball is Mike Trout. He doesn't want to be on a bunch of commercials. He doesn't want to be the spokesperson for baseball. He just wants to go out there and play baseball and win games. That's fine. There's going to be a few of those guys no matter what. But what the NBA is phenomenal at is highlighting these guys. Yeah. Even someone who isn't good on the court, Patrick Beverly. We know his attitude. We know what he brings as an entertainer. I love all of that. And I'm anxious to see, because you're kind of seeing where they're pushing or where they're they're putting the fan attention on. Um, John Morant's definitely one of them. Um, I'm, I'm still curious to see what they're doing with, like, Luca, someone like that who, who really isn't from America. But you see them doing it with John Morant and, and – and Trey Young. You even have the silent 
kind of the silent guy up in uh, Boston. I can't think of his name. Um, Tatum. 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 They yeah. really don't highlight Tatum, but he's yeah. a great player. And he reminds me of a Duncan type where I'm going to go on the court, do what I do. I don't need this, this other stuff. I love the diversity and the, the dynamic of it all. And, and I, you know, you look at Seth Curry for how he's changed, transformed the game with the threes. Yep. But he was never really marketed that highly. It's just his personality to be very quiet. And... Right. Well, well, the difference now is, you know, now that he's become a veteran, he's like one of the older heads. You see him doing way more advertisement and things yeah, on TV than right. anything else now. Good point. Yeah. When, like, off the court, he's not, like, a big look-at-me swagger guy. He's a family guy. Well, you know, he, he's a family guy. That's yep. right. But he, he got the shimmy. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, he, he, gonna, he gonna talk to you. He holds the hand up. Like, yeah. maybe yip he it. He likes his jaw. Yeah, he jaws at you during the game. Yeah. but And, and it goes back to what you said, um, Van. Also, what Josh said earlier, um, it, he brings everyone in. Yeah. It's not like he's going up to the player and jawing at them. He's more looking at the crowd like, I'm here. Y'all see what it is. Yeah. yeah. And the NBA does a phenomenal job of that, highlighting the personalities. And that, and that shows their growth. I think fantasy sports is a big contributor. But the NBA saw the future. Yeah. The NBA, like, they embrace social media earlier. They embrace marketing their players earlier. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the point you had earlier is that, there's going to be a changing of the guard. It's coming. It's, it's happening right now, to be honest. And, like, LeBron is the cutoff. Mm-hmm. Like, after LeBron, it's going to be a completely different NBA. It's going to be a completely different vibe. Yeah. That you're just – you're not going to see the same storylines. You're not going to see the same characters anymore. We're seeing it in these playoffs, to be honest. Look, look at KD. Um, LeBron's not even there. Steph Curry, he's, he's, he's still in the thick of things, but um, – more often than not, those names that we've become to know and see and, and legendary in the NBA, they're kind of they're phasing out right now. You got the new guys coming up, and it's, it's, it's very exciting for me. Yeah, I agree. And loyal listener, friend of the show, you know the vibe of the show already. Yeah. Like, did we talk X's and O's for 15 minutes? No, we're talking about the vibe, the personality of the NBA. So you know we love this stuff mm-hmm. here. It's just so entertaining, and it's so much more fun than a lot of leagues. Because you know me. I'm a baseball dork. I'm the biggest baseball fan right. on the friggin' planet. I love the game. Yeah. But I love the vibe of the NBA better. Yeah. I love the personality of the NBA better. It's, it's more fun. It's more engaging. And when it's the playoffs, they really turn it up. That is correct. They, it's a different notch when it, t- when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Speaking of turning it up, the Golden State Warriors are turning it up Ooh. against the Nuggets, and they're doing it without playing their players all game. We're going to hit that up a little more in the 5 o'clock segment. Next segment is a very compelling story that I really want to highlight here in Albuquerque. A, a friend of mine, a great guy, a great artist, and went through some trials and tribulations, went through some tragedy, and came out better and came out stronger. And he's going to tell you his story when we get back. We start our days at the YMCA. And if you don't know the YMCA and what amazing things they do for the youth of the community and the amazing things they do for literally anybody who needs help in the Albuquerque community, we're so honored to work with them. Like I say, every day we start our days at the YMCA. Come check out their facilities the Horn Branch on Indian School, the McLeod Branch up in the Heights 
are just phenomenal facilities ran by phenomenal people, and I can't talk about them enough. Cactus Eddie, when we get back, you're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. We're live from the John Lopez Real Estate and Colwell Banker Legacy Studio. If you have any questions about the real estate market, make sure you reach out to John Lopez of John Lopez Real Estate. can answer all your questions and help you out through a pretty volatile, pretty crazy market right now. It's pretty interesting. I've been following it with him, and I'm into it. Now we have a quite the compelling story, and I wanted to tell this. You know, this doesn't actually fit into the narrative of Two Men On or, you know, the sports animal, but it's a story that I find compelling, and, you know, it's a story of survival. It's a story of affecting tragedy on someone and coming out better from it. With us, we have Cactus Eddie. Good afternoon, my friend. Hello. So I've known Cactus Eddie for years now. You were my <laughs> favorite beer tender, and you oh. became one of my favorite friends, and you have <laughs> such an amazing story. Um, so a little bit about you, you know, you're an indigenous artist and muralist, you're mm-hmm. a philanthropist, you're a community organizer. You know, I love supporting everything you do for the community. Oh. And can we just get the basics of what you're going to talk about at the wheels museum at the rail yards in downtown oh. Albuquerque tomorrow at 10 AM? Yeah. So I'm going to be speaking about, uh, the brain. Um, when I was a year and a half years old, and it's going to be uh, quite a quite a moment um, because it's something that I've never done before, or that's never been done before. In fact, um, when it to just start being told in that fact. <laughs> so, Eddie, you cut out a little bit. So let me unpackage this a little bit. So when you were one and a half years old, you lived on the Isleta Pueblo, and you were struck by a train. Yeah. And not only almost passed away, but you lost uh, one of your lower extremities. Can you tell us a little bit about that story without giving it too much? Let's leave a little teaser for the event <laughs> for the event tomorrow at the Wheels Museum at the Rail Yards uh, tomorrow at ten o'clock. So, how did this happen? How did you get in that situation, and how did you get out of it? Yeah, so uh, literally, I was following. So, I have an older brother, and I was following him down the. Down, we were going to a. Set up a well, he was going to set up a rodeo um, on the reservation. Well, I just learned how to walk and, you know, ended up on the tracks. The train happened. Um, the guy, I'm, you know, got hit, uh, you know, got thrown into the ditch after I got hit by the guy who risked his life to save mine. Um, and that's kind of the basis, the basics of it all. Uh, very quick, very, very, you know, So this story has been told tons of times in TV, on newspapers, you know, in the tabloids. But this is the first time you're telling your side of the story. Your family's telling their side of the story. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Um, I didn't know much about my story from my family. I learned it more from reading articles and searching my name on, on the Internet when the Internet became bigger later on in the 2000s and so i first found about the person who saved me from a book that my story was published you know like a book how am i in a book like this is wild <laughs> it's so, kind of 
follow from there. So, Eddie, I see here, you know, you're an artist, a muralist. Um, I'm also looking here, you, you deal with watercolors and wood burning and acrylic. What would you say is your favorite art to, to create? I would say my favorite art to physically do is watercolors. However, my, so I work at an art institution. I work at a store for an art institution. And I think with my moment of doing um, philanthropic work with, with uh, creating, donating money to charities and stuff like that, I think my artwork now more so wants to cater towards that and less on, on creating just to create, which art is all about. Um, but watercolors all day, every day, it's, it's, it's so perfect. It's soothing. I love it. It's the moment. <laughs> Cactus Eddie, indigenous artist, muralist, philanthropist, and community organizer, a absolutely great dude. I highly support <laughs> you supporting his art and everything that he does in the community. Eddie, where can they find, about, find out about what you got going on? I'm very highly um, active on Instagram, and it's just, Cactus Eddie. Um, I'm the only one on Instagram with that handle, I believe. I've never seen anyone else. So just at Cactus Eddie, all my art, all my other cool stuff that I'm doing for the community uh, will be on there. A super talented artist and a super great guy who loves northern New Mexico, who loves Albuquerque, <laughs> who's doing great things for the, the community. Cactus Eddie was hit by a train at a year and a half old at the Isleta Pueblo. He'll be telling his story, and his family will be telling their story tomorrow at the Wheels Museum at the Rail Yards at 10 o'clock. That's Wheels Museum at the Rail Yards at 10 o'clock. If you want to find out about him or his art, check out at Cactus Eddie on Instagram. Thanks for everything you do for the community, Eddie, and I'm so cool. I'm so proud of you that you get to do this. Well, I appreciate that so much. I think you for this opportunity. <laughs> You're absolutely welcome. Thanks you. Thank you for everything you do for the community. When we get back, we'll be talking Tom Brady, we'll be talking NFL, and we'll be giving away some New Mexico United tickets. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The little Scooby-Doo sample right there, I think. Oh? <laughs> Ruggie? <laughs> Welcome back to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. It's a Fredless Friday here in the John Lopez Real Estate Coldwell Banker Legacy Studio. Fred is the voice of New Mexico Highlands, and he's up in Las Vegas, New Mexico, calling some Highlands athletics. Lucky, lucky me. Got Robert Buck D. Gibson, as we normally do on Mondays and Fridays here on Two Men On. And you know who's behind the glass on the other side, Super Producer Mike Vital. Ruh-roh. <laughs> and you know what, Vital, you got a little Brady in you too, don't you? Like you, uh, you took a pay cut so you could work with us, right? <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> Stayed the same. Loyal listener, friend of the show, you know that I talk about this ad nauseum <clears throat> every chance I get. Oh my God. How is Tom Brady so successful? How does he surround himself with all this talent? It's because he takes less than his market value so he can surround himself with better players and better teammates who want to play harder for him because he's not a me guy. He gets people to play harder for him. He gets better talent around him because he doesn't want the max contract. 
Tom Brady can make $50 million a year, and no one would bat an eye. But he took another pay cut today. He can make $80 million a year, and no one would care because they'd be like, he earned it. He earned it. He's Tom Brady. Of course I'm going to pay him that much to be on his team. But no, he still doesn't take advantage of the front office. He still doesn't take advantage of his, of his players, of his fans, of, of the football market in general. Tom Brady restructures his contract yet again to free up $9 million in cap space. $9 million will buy you a lot of help. Let me play devil's advocate oh, here. here we go. Yeah. That sounds great. It's a good feel-good story and all that good stuff. But Tom Brady is a different, not even just quarterback, but he's, in a, he's a different type of player who's in a different position than a lot or all of the other quarterbacks or players who want to get paid. Look, over the course of his career, he's made $300 million, which is way more than anyone's ever made off of an NFL career, and it's due to his longevity, right? Also, look at the household that he lives in. Uh, there's that. See what I'm saying? He sure. can afford to do this. But it's, see, it's not like, hey, if I don't get it, I'll never get it. You know, it's Tom Brady. He's going to get it on the back end, or he's getting it somewhere else outside of his contract in the NFL. Yeah, even, even his first contract after his rookie contract was up, he's been taking less than market value his whole career. And then Aaron Rodgers throws his hands up. If Aaron Rodgers would have took a pay cut, guess what? You'd still have Devontae Adams. Yeah. Guess what? Your team can trade for Debo Samuel. Your team can trade for DJ, uh, DK Metcalf. Your team can trade for any one of these high-priced wide receivers that will help you immediately. But well, here, no, he wanted to get the max salary. Well, you know, I had stuff negative to say about Aaron Rodgers, but now it's pretty easy to do. But when well, just speaking <laughs> of the money, but now you look at Brady. Okay, look. Brady's got seven of them things, man. Yes. He ain't getting seven. So you might as well get your money. <laughs> See what I'm saying? That's how I feel. You're not you're you're thirty five plus get your money. And see, Brady's in a position where he can really do this now. He's got seven. Yeah, He's playing with house money. Oh, you guys, hey, I'll take a pay cut. We can get eight. We can get eight. I think he's been in that mode since, you know, well, well, he's been in that mode since he's been with the Patriots. But once you start winning, it's easier for you to do that. That's what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's got the pedigree. He's made yeah. uh, careers and careers and careers worth of money. He's married to, like, one of the famous models in the universe. Right. Who makes more than him. Mm -hmm. which is a sweet flex. He doesn't need money. He just, hey, Gronk, you're coming back, right? I just freed up $9 million for you. You're coming back, aren't you? And he'd be like, hey, babe, Giselle, Venmo me $12 million because <laughs> I'm not making any money off of football this year. Right. Yeah. I need well, you to buy me some cake. What we should be doing is seeing how much Tom Brady has made his players, see how much money that he's made his, his um, teammates. Yeah. I think that's way more of a bigger story than this. You, you had a, go ahead. You had a pretty good point about Aaron Rodgers because, okay, Super Bowl. Right. One Super Bowl. Yeah. All right. Multiple MVPs. Mm -hmm. Right. He's going to be first ballot Hall of Famer, right. no doubt. Right. No doubt. No question. Should be unanimous. But he's never going to be in the GOAT conversation. Never. Because he never played selfless football. He never took a lower pay cut. He never surrounded himself with more talent. So he's never going to be in that upper echelon. Well, I, I don't even put it that deep. He just never won seven Super Bowls. 
I mean, well, that's a, that's, that's it. A standard. You can't. That's for it. Like once Brady went out into the stratosphere like that, get your money, fellas. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care about seven. Yeah, just two. two. Just <laughs> one more. Just just differentiate yourself from Trent Dilfer. Yeah. Oh, you got a great point. Yeah. You got a great point. You got to differentiate yourself from Joe Flacco. Yeah. You got to yeah. differentiate yourself from Brad Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> they got the same amount of Super Bowls. That's it. Equal playing field. But I don't think it's fair if if fans are looking for their team's quarterback to do what Brady did. It's different. Brady Brady's had a different situation his whole career. You know, he's not – you can't compare other quarterbacks to him. Yes, it's a standard that you would like, but he's afforded a whole lot of leeway to do what he does because he's won. Yeah, and and I'm not trying to say that anybody can just take a pay cut and you could be Tom Brady. But fan after fan, especially super passionate NFL guy, is like, how does he keep doing it? Because he takes half of his market value. Yeah. This year, what, he's only making like $4 million? Something stupid? Yeah. But, and, and also, I look at it like this. The style okay, of- So, base, base salary of $8.9 million. Yeah. You can get five Tom Brady's for one Aaron Rodgers. That is insane to me. Then I also look at the way he plays quarterback, which is different than a lot of these new quarterbacks. Think of Lamar Jackson. If you think of Lamar Jackson and say, take a pay cut, the way he plays, he's going to get hurt. Yes. And then what? 100%. And now, you know, you messed up because you didn't get the money that you that you were um, had, the value where you were higher value. Now you're hurt. You're in lesser value. Now you're stuck. So I, I think it's a, it's a sliding slope with whoever we're talking about. But Brady, he's got it down pat. New Mexico United fan, Albuquerque sports fan, New Mexico sports fan. We're giving away four tickets to New Mexico United match this Saturday, 505-246-0610. We're not going to do the sixth caller. We're not going to do the fifth caller. The first person to call in right now gets you four tickets to New Mexico United this Saturday. And you got five minutes. You better hurry up because New Mexico United's David Carl is calling in, and he's going to block that phone line. And you're going to hear a busy signal, and you're going to lose out on your tickets if you don't call in right now to 505-246-0610 to claim your family four-pack of New Mexico United tickets right now. Look, so now that Tom Brady restructured his contract. Yeah. Oh, that was immediate. They own it. That didn't that even take three <laughs> seconds. That's good. Before I took my next breath, we got a phone call. Good. Congratulations, whoever you are. Now you get to pay from Rob Gronkowski. Now you get to pay for all the rookie contracts yep. you just drafted. You're staying under the salary cap. Now you got the flexibility to make another move to add more pieces to your team. And now you got the flexibility for during the season, you got an injury. Mm-hmm. You got somebody that gets suspended. You, you need to add a piece. You got a deficiency somewhere on your roster. Right. Then you can make that decision. Then you can spend the money on that guy because you got a selfless quarterback who just wants to win, who just wants to collect rings. Yeah, it's called playing the long game. You know, everyone wants it now, and then they want – you can't do it both both ways. You, you want it now, but then you want to win like Brady. You can't do it. I'm assuming those tickets got given away immediately. The phone lines are lighting up. Oh, yeah. Sorry to the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh callers. 
We gave it away to the first guy today, so congratulations who you are. I'll get the name and say what's up over the airwaves here in a minute. What's up with Debo Samuel? Where do you think that beef came from? Man, that's the crazy part because they are really hush-hush about it. They won't give us the reason why he wants to leave San Francisco. There's a lot of speculation. I've heard that he wants to be closer to, to home. He's from South Carolina. I've heard that he doesn't like the way they use him. I don't know if it's either or. I think this is more something personal that happened, and they don't want to let it get out in the media. I, th- I think you're exactly right. Yeah. Because both sides being secretive about it, Let's me makes me think that there's something else going on. Right. And especially, he just ca- got catapulted into superstardom last year. Yes. On this team. Yep. They have a great defense. Yep. They got a really smart coach. They got a young quarterback who could be a superstar. He's got the DNA of a superstar. We'll see what happens when he's playing four quarters every week. Who knows how good Trey Lance is. Well, that may have been a part of it, you know. The, the quarterback controversy, him not knowing who's going to be throwing them the ball, uh, handing him the ball off. People forget, it, it, even though the Super Bowl was not too long ago, uh, San Francisco was that close to being in the Super Bowl, all because of him. So, you know, we're, we're seeing him, like, you know, at uh, Media Week at the Super Bowl, we see him doing a lot more. Um, he was with, was it Old Spice? And, sure. like, his name has gotten huge. So I don't think it's something um, – as simple as what the speculation is. It's, it's a lot deeper, and I can't wait to find out what it really is. Yeah, you're so right. Um, and you know you know me. I just eat up this off-season stuff. Yeah, me too. I yeah, love, yeah. I love the, the, opera, man. I love the front office stuff. Give me all the TMZ stuff you got. Yeah. I'll just keep eating it up. But he got catapulted into superstardom on this team. A, a quarter away from the Super Bowl mm-hmm. on this team. Yep. Like, they're just going to get better. Like the Niners are going to be just as good as they were last year. And they're not. He's not going to get traded to a team like the Packers. He's not going to no. get traded to a team like the Buccaneers. No. The Niners aren't going to trade you to a contender. No. They're not going to trade you to a good uh, team in the division. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets. <laughs> get your green out, son. <laughs> if the Jets or somebody is willing to just blow it all up, then they'll go. Congratulations, Jeff. You won the family four-pack of United tickets. They'll be at Will Call at the lab right before the game. I got a quick question for you, Van. Hit me. Um, so I know we made a lot of, you know, we, we talked a lot when uh, Odell Beckham Jr.'s dad went on social media and did what he did. Sure. Nobody's really talking about Debo's brother. Debo broke Debo's brother broke this before anyone. He went on social media and he says he won't be a 49er and he had the laughing and crying uh, face emoji. That's all that matters. And then he tried to reel in a day later and said, oh, I was just kidding. But he was telling the truth. He's telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. And Debo started unfollowing the Niners yeah. from Twitter and Instagram and like took off all the pictures of him in a yeah. Niners jersey. Like you could have saw that. The writing was on the wall. It's another one of your family members or siblings that is breaking the news and Starting all the ruckus. You see what you did, Jackson Mahomes? That's, exactly. You set the bar so low. <laughs> when we get back, David Carl, New Mexico United. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 Welcome FM. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. 
Two Men On would not be here without our community friends and community sponsors and community partners, one of them being my favorite cup of joe in the history of the universe, New Mexico Pinon Coffee. Big shout-out to New Mexico Pinon Coffee for sponsoring Locker 505's charity golf tournament tomorrow. Locker 505 does such amazing things in the community, and we're so proud to be partnered with New Mexico Pinon and Locker 505. Speaking of friends... Friend of the show, friend in real life, New Mexico United's David Carl joins us now. What's happening, my guy? I am trying to survive the windstorm that is destroying my plants. I'm not happy. Uh, there's a lot of tumbleweeds going in front of the car. Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't blame you. I still got some out here. Can you hear me? I still got um, that's me. That's me grinding the sand out of my teeth right now because I wasn't able to rinse my mouth out or brush my teeth before the show. So I feel yeah, your pain. Uh, it's, it's not great. Can't see more than uh, about a half a mile in front of you. It's awful. So I wish we would have highlighted this earlier before we start talking about the match. You did really good work for the lifeblood of New Mexico, the Rio Grande. You tell us yeah, about that. Yeah, it's something we're really excited about. Actually, you know, it's it's uh, an interesting Earth Day we're going through today. I think the uh, the Earth is showing us what what it's capable of. But uh, yeah, so we we doing this really cool project where over the course of the next week or so, um, if you go out to any point on the Rio Grande um, and decide to do a little bit of cleanup on your own, you know, bring some trash bags, bring some gloves, so you're not touching anything gross. Um, and clean up a little bit of the Rio Grande. We're trying to get as far up and down the river as we can. You'll be entered to win a signed, game-worn New Mexico United jersey. We don't give out a lot of those. So go down to the Rio Grande, bring a trash bag, bring gloves, take some pics, tag at New Mexico UTD and at Audubon Southwest. Use the hashtag United for the Rio, and you could win a signed, game-worn United jersey. But more than that, you did a good thing for your city. You did a good thing for That's the right. river. Yes. That's right. And the Audubon Society, they're, they're an awesome Audubon Society. Southwest. They're an awesome, awesome group. We <laughs> had the opportunity to get a couple of our players out uh, like a week or two ago, and uh, they went bird watching for the first time. So Rashid Tete and Carl Sainty, who I think uh, would tell you they know next to nothing about birds, uh, were out there with binoculars, and we – we filmed the whole thing. We're going to put that video out tomorrow. It's a lot of fun. The only guy that hates Phoenix worse than Mariano <laughs> Rivera is David Carl. What happened to the boys on the road trip, my guy? Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a tough few matches. You know, Phoenix is a team that uh, historically they've they are. I mean, with other than not winning titles, they haven't done that yet. But they have been historically uh, one of the best teams in the USL Championship. The all-time highest winning percentage, all-time. Highest number of wins, all-time highest goal differential. They are very, very good, um, and they showed that while we were out there. I think, you know, we played them once in league play, once in open cup play, um, and in that first match on Saturday in league play, we outplayed them. I, I really feel confident in saying that we had a uh, better part of possession, more shots, more shots on target. Uh, we won more duels. You know, we we really did take it to them. Unfortunately, the one place we didn't win was on the score sheet. Ended up losing that one nail. Had a couple opportunities that just went begging. Um, and then we played them again on Wednesday, um, and that was in the Open Cup, and that was a 2-1 final. We, we fought hard, and, and Phoenix fought hard as well, and they'll advance to the next round. But ultimately, we're excited to get back home, um, and that's where we're going to be tomorrow uh, against San Antonio FC. Again, a really, really good team, but one that we've 
historically had some success against. Um, so I want to go back to the to the U.S. Open Cup tournament. Um, the consensus is just like you said. United played better in both of the games. You know, against Phoenix. What? needs to be done so there can be an advancement a little deeper when it comes to the next time um, United is in the U.S. Open Cup tournament? Yeah, that's a great question. It's a really good question. I, You know, I think everything is, is, is situational when it comes to this tournament in particular, right? And I remember last time we were on, uh, we talked about kind of how the tournament works, right? It's, it's all levels of, of, of soccer, right? So all the way from MLS to the top level, all the way down to the amateur teams and in the first round, we won 5-0 against a, a team that was two levels below us. Um, and then in the, in the next round, again, we lost to, to Phoenix in that round. Um, and a big part of it is the draw, right? The draw is largely random. Um, so, you know, it could be technically any of the teams in the tournament, but it is geographically based for at least the first few rounds. So we're more likely to play against a team that's in our same geographic area. So a team like Phoenix Rising or a team like Colorado Springs, who's also in our league, or northern Colorado, who's a league below us, or even uh, an MLS team like Colorado Rapids or uh, Salt Lake, Real Salt Lake or, or something like that, FC Dallas, all those teams kind of in the general southwest or mountain area. So a big part of that is the draw. You know, in, in 2019, when we went all the way to the quarterfinal, we played against two USL championship teams in the first two rounds, um, beat them, and then we played against a couple MLS teams and beat them as well. Um, so ultimately, you got there's a little bit of luck associated with the draw, um, but you got to be prepared for anything. I mean, you got to be prepared for a USL championship team or an MLS team or something else. Um, and ultimately, that that comes down to um, a little bit of luck, but a lot of preparation. David, you should have seen the phones light up when we started <laughs> the, the giveaway. New Mexico loves their United. Albuquerque loves their United. Uh, the love for black and yellow is absolutely crazy. The boys are back at the lab, Rio Grande Credit Union Field at Isotopes Park, a.k.a. the lab, a.k.a. the center of the universe for all things black and yellow. This Saturday, 7 o'clock versus San Antonio Football Club. Is there going to be a seat open at the lab? There aren't many left. <laughs> uh, we are already over 10,000 for the match. Um, and that continues to grow. I, I imagine we'll get a, a lot of walk-ups tomorrow because unlike today, tomorrow's supposed to be a beautiful day, a little bit cooler than it's been, um, and, and not windy. It's supposed to be a, a light breeze, so it's going to be a gorgeous day tomorrow. Again, against a really, really good opponent. Uh, I was looking at the seat maps earlier today. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of sold-out sections. There are not a lot of tickets left, so I'd encourage folks, if they are going to go, if they do want to go, probably get those tickets sooner rather than later. I got one quick question. How can me and Van get a jersey? We need to have a jersey, Van. We got to get well, a I, Well, which, funny which you one? I got, that. I got two. You, you, you're putting <laughs> the two of you on, on, on the same kind of question there, but uh, Van may have abandoned you in that chase because oh, Van has a jersey. What? Okay, Van. I, you, ha- you, I have not only he's holding out on me. one, but I have two jerseys. Oh, and yeah. I, and I need to expand my collection. There you go. Because There you go. I like that. I like that. So. Obviously, um, you know, we've got the new home and away this year, and, and Van has one of those already, or two of those, I guess it would, it would appear. Uh, I can give you guys a little uh, secret sneak behind the curtain that nobody's heard yet if you want a little breaking news here on Human On. We are going to be unveiling our goalkeeper jersey tomorrow, brand-new goalkeeper. Nice. Oh, yeah. yeah it's going to be worn for the first time tomorrow. Uh, nobody has seen it yet outside of our organization, um, and you are the first people outside of our organization to know that that unveiling is happening tomorrow. 
I already know it's fire. I already know it's fire. I have a couple of T-shirts, but I'm I'm slacking in the Jersey game, so I need to step it up. There hasn't well, been. Well, those are going to be uh, they're going to be super limited. Uh, I think we're doing a total of 300 goalkeeper jerseys. Um, so if you want to get one, I would say uh, tomorrow's your best bet. Nice. So excited that you can get find those at shop.newmexicoutd.com. Newmexicoutd.com. Anything we miss before we let you go, Dave? Just excited to take them on tomorrow. Like I said, San Antonio FC, a real good team, and we're hoping to to pack the lab and, and looking forward to a good match. So come on out, kick off at seven o'clock. You heard it there, New Mexico United's David Carl. Get out there and support your New Mexico United at the lab, seven o'clock versus the hated San Antonio Football Club. <laughs> Then we come back, uh, Vinny Gregory from the Duke City Gladiators. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Welcome back, Duke City. You're listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. One more segment for y'all before we kick it, before we punt it to Josh Sushan in his pregame. Before we bunt it. Bunt it? I, 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 swing, like I swing for the fences, Vital. How dare you? Well, they don't bunt anymore. No one knows how to bunt, so why not bring it up? If you're a left-handed hitter and they run the shift on you, you should start bunting. I've been yelling at my TV like a maniac for 10 years. <laughs> Just bunt it. Anthony Rizzo, bunt the ball to the left side. <laughs> you will be batting 1,000. It's true. It is true. Yeah. It's all true. Thanks for all the texters and callers today. Of course, voice the isotopes, Josh Sushan, who you can catch his pregame show right after this segment. Thanks for Cactus Eddie coming on with us to share his story. Catch him tomorrow morning at 10, telling his story, him and his family, at the Wheels Museum downtown Albuquerque near the rail yards. Of course, friend of the show, friend in real life, David Carl, New Mexico United, so gracious to come on and Tell us what's coming on, what's uh, happening in the Mexico United world. <coughs> Giving away a little four pack of tickets. Congratulations, Jeff. But now joining us, rookie wide receiver for your Duke City Gladiators. They're nice enough to give him a week off this week, so he's going to join us and hang out this segment. I don't know under I don't understand why they gave you a week off because when. Vinny's on the field. All they do is win, 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 win. There we go. Duke City Gladiators rookie wide receiver, Vinny Gregory. What's happening, my dude? Not much. How you doing today? Doing good, man. Doing good. Thank you. How about you? You uh, When I talked earlier, you were just leaving the gym, so no days off. No, I was just getting to the gym. But, yeah, no, never a day off. Had to, had to still get that work in. The pride of Buffalo, New York, Vinny Gregory. How wildly different is Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Buffalo, New York? That's the main word I use is different. You know what I mean? It's just the mountains. I mean, I like the mountains and everything. I love it here, but it's just a lot different, a lot, a lot slower, too. You know, in New York, everybody's fast. Moving so have, fast. You, have you acclimated to the culture? Like, have you rode in a balloon yet? Are you, can you handle green chili? Like, can you handle the, <laughs> can, can you handle the wind today? Like, how's Albuquerque? I'm, I'm taking it the green chili's the hot one. Uh, they're both kind of hot. It depends on where you go. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't got a chance to do all those, but uh, I definitely will before I get out of here. So, Vinny, I have a question. You know, uh, you were talking about I – I want to talk about speed because you were saying that, 
You know, it's kind of slower here. But I'm talking about speed when it comes to yourself. You play special teams. Like, to me, that is – if I were to pick a position to play an indoor league, that is the last position I would want to play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I want to know, how is your speed compared to everyone else on the roster? Are you – are you? A, would you say you're the top three fastest on the team? I'd say, yeah, I'd say I'm there. I like it. I like it. I, I, I love it, Vinny, because a lot of people would be like, oh, no, it's so on. Vinny's like, nah, yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> hey, we got some fast guys. Man. I know you I mean, guys Even do. if I wasn't top three, I'd be four or five because they'd be right there. But, yeah, I think I think if we race, I'd be there. So we got some track stars on our team, too. Yeah, no joke, man. Hey, you could swag out if you want and say you're the fastest dude not only on the team, but you're the fastest dude in the league. There we go. And then, and then we could record – you and Dello racing and put it on our social media. Yeah, there we go. That's where I was getting there. Yeah. Yeah. You trying to start something now. Then he gets the show. No, we definitely will have to do that one day. So you've been working out with the new quarterback, Ramon Atkins, and it seems like he already got his sea legs. What, what have you seen out of this young man who's taken over for the offensive player of the year, Nate Davis? Honestly, like, like Nate's the best quarterback in the league, and we obviously miss him. Wish he was on the field with us. But seeing Ramon come in, especially as a rookie fresh out of college, he's—I he, haven't seen a rookie pick it up as fast as he is. And I mean, the first week he came, he—he uh, he started in the one game and started off a little slow, but he also didn't even have a full week of practice because, like. Um, he came in late, so then when he came in and got a full week and started getting that, that practice in and getting the connection with the guys, he's been killing it, and he's been uh, really getting the touch on the ball and learning fast. Albuquerque, Rio Rancho, all of New Mexico, your Duke City Gladiators are going to be on the road for four straight games. This Saturday, 7 p.m., they're in Frisco, Texas, battling the Frisco Fighters. If you want to catch the boys... You can stream it online, but what I recommend is you go watch the official viewing party of the Duke City Gladiators at Dave and Buster's. Um, Vinny, one thing that I love about the Gladiator organization is all the work and involvement that they have in the community. When you joined the team, was that something that took you aback? Was that something that you were used to? It's not something I was used to. The closest thing I do with that is, I mean, I train kids back home with football, but I mean, I really enjoyed all of it. I mean, just really getting out in the community, community and helping. And we've, I mean, we've done it a lot. We've, we're doing it every week at one point, and you can tell how much the kids really enjoy it. So, I mean, it's been awesome. And how, how? So, this is your first year. You know, you're, you're no, you're no rookie when it comes to the game of football. But this is your first year here in Duke City. What's the culture like here? How are you embraced by the locker room? Oh, uh, right, right away. I mean, it felt like I've known these guys for years, but I just, I just met them. I mean, we're already brothers, and we're definitely. Like, I think that's why we're starting to pick things up because we're really like becoming a family. And uh, the locker room's awesome. I mean, everybody gets along. There's no like clicks going with certain groups. It's kind of everybody's like one. What do you think about the Rio Rancho Event Center? Because I love that facility, not only for Duke City Gladiators and indoor football, but, you know, they got the New Mexico Runners there, and they got great concerts there. Is it one of the best facilities you've played at? Oh, yeah, it's definitely a top-notch facility. I love it. And especially with the new field we got, thanks to our owner, Gina, I mean, it's been awesome. 
And um, I got a chance to go to one of the concerts there, too, and it, the whole place was packed. I mean, it's a, it's a great time, a great place to go what, for any event. Vinny, what concert was it? We might have been there at the same time. Uh, Ice Cube. Yeah, yeah baby. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you might have saw me on stage then. <laughs> It was a good time. Yeah, that that place was super packed. Um, I believe the attendance was close to eight thousand, so it was it was pretty nice. Um, Thank you, no more. Vinny, thanks for joining us today. Uh, you know, we're big supporters, big fans of anything that helps the Albuquerque community and all kind of entertainment here. And Duke City Gladiators have been nothing but amazing. Uh, anything else before we let you go? Nah, but I appreciate you guys having me, and uh, let's go get this W this week. That's what I'm talking about. The Duke City Gladiators on the road for four straight games. Gladiators will be back May 28th, but you're going to hear some more about them from us here on Two Men On. Great show today. Really great show. I, you know what? I know I love the isotopes. I love it. I love Josh Ushon. But I get sad when we have these short short shows. <laughs> okay. I'm so used to going, you know, the three hours and you look up and you're like, oh, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Yeah. But luckily we get to kick it off to Josh Sushan. Yes. And the Albuquerque Isotopes, which I will be listening because no one does an interview as good as Josh Sushan and I love hearing his interviews and obviously Van the big baseball dork. <laughs> Pretty packed weekend as New Mexico Pinon is sponsoring Locker 505's charity golf tournament tomorrow. Make sure your friends... With Locker 505, any new or gently used closed. Shout out to I9 Sports, League Office 280. Email leagueoffice280 at i9sports.com. Phone number 505-312-4999. We had so many great interviews, so many great segments today. We weren't able to do our varsity, but we'll be back on Monday with the full show. So make sure you check us out on Monday, and we'll hit you with the varsity. Also, make sure you don't miss the opening drive with Jeff, JJ, and A. Marie. You've been listening to Two Men On on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal.